Hello, welcome to another edition of Crop Life Retail Week. I'm Eric Sfulgoy, editor of Crop Life and Crop Life Iron Magazines, here with Laura Sawinski back in our respective office slash homes. Laura, I'm glad you made it back to El Paso okay. Thank you. It was a... Um... A great trip. I um, I'm laughing because I thought you were going to say respective homes slash broom closets. Because you know, I have you so worried about the broom closet. I mean, you know, again, <laughs> it, the blurring the background is nice, but I know that some of our folks, when we have the Zoom calls, they actually have false backgrounds. So right. we just need to get right. you a false background of like a real living room or office or <laughs> studio apartment setting, something because I've seen other people doing it. So I know I know it's capable. So. Or at least a real broom closet with, you know, nicely hung brooms, all sizes and applications. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the modern age. I bet they'd be swift, swifters. They wouldn't be right, uh, right. throwers, but anyhow. So, or maybe a Roomba. We may be roaming around. That would, that would kind of be cute. I know there's a commercial out there now where somebody has a Roomba going around and they throw like a tennis ball at it and it chases it across the floor. It's really nice. cute. You haven't seen it. Yeah. Well, anyhow, hey, before we close the book, I know last week we talked a little bit about what we had seen at the Commodity Classic event in Orlando. Uh And uh, for folks who are interested, uh, we're putting out a couple of slideshows this week in the e-newsletters. One went out in Thursday's e-newsletter, which would have been March 16th. And then we got another one going out that should be in the video with, I mean, uh, in the uh, newsletter with this video on Saturday. So if you want to see some of the highlights from Commodity Classic from our folks, check out those slideshows for yourself on our website or in our e-newsletters. But before we close, like I said, before we close the book, um, Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack was a featured speaker at the event. And when we recorded last week, he hadn't spoken yet, but he did give a nice talk. And I actually took some video of that. And uh, I guess, you know, I have two video clips to share. They're fairly long. The first one's about seven minutes. The second one's about three and a half. Um, In the first clip, uh, Mr. Vilsack was talking a little bit about farmers and farm income and a little bit of of the surprise that he discovered as he dug into the numbers a little more deeply. So here is that clip of Mr. Vilsack. There's no greater representative of that middle class the American squires, ranch, and producers, in my view. And this came to life recently when I was looking at income statistics that were recorded to me in the office of secretary. And folks came in and they were kind of beside They said, Mr. Secretary, uh, we want you to know the last two years have been the best two years of farm income in the history of the United States. And I thought to myself, gee, I give speeches and I start with that. Again, I should probably walk off the stage. Shit. I'm so <laughs> But then I looked deeper into the others. And here's why I found it. And here's why I'm here today. What I found was that in that record set of years, nearly 50% of our farmers, ranchers, and producers lost money. Another nearly 40% of those who work hard every single day made some money from their part. But the majority of money that they made to their family, or that supported their family, came from off-farming. 
So nearly 90% of those who've worked hard every single day to produce this incredible bounty either didn't make money or didn't make the majority of the money that they made farming during record incomes. Which meant that the top 10%, the folks who sell more than a million dollars of product every year, did very well. And about 40% of those folks are actually investment bankers, folks who are polling it. So I thought about this notion of bottom up the middle out. Uh, it seems to me uh, that we need to look at why that is so. Why in a record year, a few folks benefit, but not many or most. And what's interesting is I went back and looked at the history of the Department of Agriculture, and fortunately I have on my desk back in Washington, D.C., a, a volume that was the first report that Commission of Agriculture after its first year of operation after Abraham Lincoln established in 1862, the commissioner fell down here, Isaac Neatley, not the real as it but wrote a 632-page book about the activities of the department. And in that book, his first 25 pages is a preamble of his thoughts and theories and ideas about the department. And what he raised as concern was the consolidation of land ownership. Suggesting then was the consolidation of land ownership. It was the lack of a middle class in the great Roman Empire that ultimately led to the demise of great Roman. Fast forward and you think about the pivotal moments in our history of agriculture and the New Deal, the Dust Bowl, confronted with just tremendous grief and pain we put together a program, started focusing on conservation, created uh, supply management, and for a period of time, farmers did pretty well. And then in the early 70s, Secretary Butts made the decision that it was appropriate and necessary for us to move away from that system to a more market-driven system, a focus on production. And remember, you may have encouraged all of us to think about fencer or fencer. And so American farmers reacted and responded, and boy, did they do an amazing job. In my lifetime, the productivity of American farming has increased 17 times. It is a remarkable story of productivity. But the reality is that the more productive we became, the more expensive it was. And so it became necessary for folks to look at and to think about spreading the cost of that over a larger and larger base. And with that, we had larger and larger farms that spread through farms. And it wasn't just the impact on the farmers. It was the impact on the communities where those farmers lived. Those small towns, because if there are fewer farmers, then there are fewer customers with that small town business on the main street. There are fewer kids in the school. There are fewer folks living in the community that can support a hospital link a number of dollars. And so rural America, which is, I think, a heartbeat of this notion of a middle class began to be challenged. So what we do about this? Well, historically, the focus has been on trying to figure out ways to help farmers, farmers stay in business. We look at ways to reduce inputs. Or is that? 
And we're doing that. We, we just recently announced not long ago a, a fertilizer dish, understanding and appreciated it. Amazing pressure farmers were under uh, with the Ukrainian circumstance and, and, and in conflict and war, we saw a tremendous increase in spike in, in fertilizer costs. The impact we affecting every agricultural part of the production system in the country. So we announced uh, the notion of looking for ways where we could immediately identify programs and opportunities to increase production here in the U.S. And then a longer-term strategy, we divided a $500 billion effort into two phases. Phase one was, what can you do now for 23 and 24 crop beard? What can you do the long term to make us more self-reliant when it comes to inputs? And today we're announcing $29 million of grants and to eight independent businesses that are located in the states of Alabama, Colorado, Massachusetts, Ohio, and Washington, where resources are going to be used to modernize equipment, to advance mining swear practice, to build production uh, operations facilities, and to expand uh, the capacity of fertilizer production here in the United States, for example. Purcell Agrizec, which is a facility located in Alabama, is going to uh, focus on increasing the productivity and production of control release fertilizer. Uh, they hope to be able to increase their supply by as much as 40,000 tons with a uh, small grant that we're providing. There's a facility in Missouri that's focused on uh, microbial fertilizer where they're producing about 8,000 gallons of that a week now. They feel with the grant we're giving them, they can increase to 120,000 gallons a week. There's another facility uh, in Missouri as well that's constructing a new, new plan and with our grid, they're going to be able to accelerate the timeline to be able to that's correct route at 24 crops. So we are in the process of trying to work and focus on reducing input costs. That's what Secretary of uh, Ag Tom Vilsack had to say regarding uh, farmer income in 2022 and some of the surprises the numbers held. Uh, and then in the second clip toward the end of his speech, uh, he actually, you know, I guess you would call this a nice shout out thanks to growers in the U.S. for helping to make the country food independent. So here is that clip. But you do something in addition. In addition to creating this enormously complex economy because all of us are free to go out and do something other than farming because you are so extraordinarily good at it. You created this complex economy and then it has provided the greatest and strongest nation in the world. And you don't get enough thanks for that. You created a food secure nation where we don't have to worry about where our food comes from. You all produce it. That's not true in a lot of countries. China, for one, they have to depend on somebody else. They have to depend on us. We don't have to depend on anybody. That's a great gift. That makes us a more secure nation. And let's talk of all of that. Folks in rural communities, folks off the farms and ranches, they send their sons and daughters into the military to disproportionate homes. On any given year, 15% of our country's population lives in rural places, but it could be as much as 30% of our military. Why is that? Some will say it's because both want to get, uh, want to have experience. They want to, they want to see what the world looks like. That may be part of it, but I think there's a much deeper reason. I think kids who grow up in areas are surrounded by farmlands and rangelands and, 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 and groves. They understand a very basic fundamental principle of life, which you all have taught. 
which is that you can't be taken from something that gives value to you. How do I know that you know that? Because you do this with your land every single year. You know that it can't keep producing for you unless you put something back into it. You replenish it, you revive it, you nourish it. You have a relationship with it. You are stewards of it. Because you understand that if you do that, it will continue to help you and your family. That is an incredibly fundamental principle, an important principle that these young people understand and appreciate that when they grow up, they want to feel like the one we are in. But notwithstanding all of our faults, it is the greatest country on earth, and it is a country that provides enormous liberty and freedom for us to be able to dream big dreams and actually accomplish something. To be able to think we can do just about anything, in my case, to come from an orphanage in Pennsylvania, to be speaking to thousands of people as a secretary of agriculture, this is a great country. <laughs> and because of this great country, each of us needs to do what farmers do. We need to replenish this country. We need to nourish it, and we do it with our sacrifice and our service. We do it by participating in our democracy. We do it in lots of different ways, but these kids understand that because you thought it. And so what we talk about rebuilding the middle class, when we talk about rebuilding this rural place, this is why it's important that we not only focus on invest, not only focus on trade, not only focus on safety, now all of which is incredibly important, but that we continue to build more and more and more markets so that that's all in mid-sized producer can benefit, can profit, it can eventually say that our sons and daughters, there is true opportunity, there's entrepreneurship, you can continue to uh, contribute to your country and make a difference in the world by doing a job that is the greatest job, and that is to be a farmer, a rancher, or a producer. God bless you all. So that's how Tom Vilsack ended his speech to the Commodity Classic crowd, and you could tell from the video he did get some applause from folks who appreciated his appreciation for the ag sector and what it means for this great country of ours. So, so there you go, Laura. That was what uh, what was said at Commodity Classic 2023. I know I'm looking forward to next year's event, uh, but you know we're a year away, so we won't get there quite yet. We got a lot of calendars between now and then to get through. So, Dave. Yeah. So, hey, one of the other big stories that broke, um, I know this is something that has been talked about for a little while. I guess the folks at Canadian Pacific Railway have been trying to acquire Kansas City Southern Railway, right. which would have been, and that's, you know, those are two of the seven class one railroad uh, companies in the country. Uh -huh. um, I know there was some speculation that the government might have stepped in and said, no, this merger is not good for the industry. It will create, you know, a, a non-competitive situation perhaps. But I guess the Surface Transportation Board has now approved the merger, much to the uh, disappointment of our friends at the uh, in, in wheat growing. Um uh -huh. Actually got a release from the folks at the U.S. Wheat Associates and the National Association of Wheat Growers, both stating they were disappointed in the decision that uh, the uh, U.S. government's not going to prevent this merger. And a quote here from uh, the uh, United or, or the, U, uh, the U.S. Wheat Associate President Vince Peterson, and he said U.S. rail consolidation has led to poorer 
not improve service for agricultural shippers. Uh, in addition, we are we see extreme disparity in rates for wheat shippers. And he went on to say that the rates for wheat shippers were like double what they were for other commodities being shipped across the country. So again, uh -huh. disappointment on that front. I know you said you had some information to share as well. Yeah, I understand. Um, you know, maybe just to add a little more context to this merger, which I think maybe uh, won't be as much doom and gloom as, as I, you know, I understand again, various shippers and shippers groups certainly have um, legitimate concerns. I, I will say um, that the merger between uh, CP and uh, Kansas City so Southern, when you look at the network map for CP, for instance, um, they have a sizable presence at the port of Van Vancouver. So, you know, again, we've been talking recently about uh, negotiations for U.S. West Coast longshoremen and how they're continuing to kind of drag on um, and then resulting in, which has been almost a year of negotiations now, uh, some shippers concerned, understandably, have re rerouted their supply chains, moving what and when they can to East Coast ports. Likewise, I know shippers that are looking at um, ports such as the Port of Vancouver in Canada and uh, north of that, Port of Prince Rupert. Um, now, the Port of Prince Ru Rupert really is the d domain of CN, Canadian National, but CP really has a nice presence at the Port of Vancouver. Um, likewise, their network goes into uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul, Chicago, down to Kansas City, where Kansas City Southern, of course, picks up. So there's not a lot of o overlap in this mer merger, which makes a nice dovetailing of the networks. Um, and it's the only, um, you know, once the merger is, you know, complete and, and underway, connecting Canada, U.S., and Mexico. So um, the new uh, CPKC, which we should see um, in April, will unite, you know, the three countries under NAFTA slash USMC um, Canada. The other thing, um, to CP's credit, they, for 17 years in a row, um, have earned the reputation as the safest rail, rail, railroad. And, you know, again, uh, I don't know whether this played into STB's uh, approval, but certainly with the recent news of Nor Norfolk so Southern and train you know, uh, accidents and, and such. I, I, I think that's, that's worth men mentioning. I mean, so 17 years in a row and, um, you know, to their credit, likewise, big investor in technology, which, um, Kansas city Southern is also. So I think the safety culture and, um, both railways, uh, investing in technology will make for a nice mer merger and, Last thing I want to say is that the more that I read about the merger, the STB, while they approved it, they certainly have a lot of provisions in the approval um, to kind of guard against, um, you know, the competitive na nature of it, you know. So I understand, you know, consolidation, you know, usually comes with, uh, you know, <laughs> And, and I understand, but I think there's some some bright spots in this as well. So 
you know, time time will tell. We'll take a look at it as it go, goes along, and hopefully it'll be a good thing overall, particularly for the ag space. Yeah, well, again, and we'll obviously be reporting on this throughout the spring and early summer as, like you say, the merger becomes formalized and the two rail companies begin operating as a single entity and uh, we begin to find out how things are shaping up for our friends in the egg space. So, I'm... All right. Well, Laura, time for your favorite segment. Time for Fun with Numbers. Alrighty, make make it easy. I just got back from a long trip, you know. <laughs> uh, this one you're going to have to pay attention on, I think. But you may okay. catch up. You've been you've okay. been catching. I've been saying I've been trying to make these tougher, but you've been catching them pretty well all year. So, uh, this year or this week, your number is twenty one billion dollar sign two one billion dollars. Okay. Okay. All right. So it's twenty one billion. A the amount of crop losses due to weather disasters in 2022. Is it B, the value of a combined CPKCS railway? Is it C, the amount in grants the U.S. government is providing to improve domestic crop input production? Or is it D, the approximate amount that Laura Sominski will spend on renovations to her new home. <laughs> oh, man. Really? You really have to win some kind of award. I don't know <laughs> what award is out there. But if there's one that, you know, captures this, um, you know, talk about fun with numbers. I mean, it's truly more fun with <laughs> for me to hear what you're going <laughs> to Offer up for D. Um, I, and, and I don't need an award. As long as I make you smile or laugh, I have accomplished oh, something. Brother. Yeah, I look forward to this every week. Um, <laughs> uh, this one's a little bit hard. I am going to disqualify B. I think it's a $28 billion value on that merger. So I'm going to go with A, the crop losses in 2022. Did you I get... are correct again, ma'am. Yes, very, very good. Yes, our friends at the American Farm Bureau Federation put out a report. They were talking about the fact that 2022 was the third costliest year for disasters wow. um, in, in the country's history, a total of $165 billion in losses. And they pointed out that of that amount, $21 billion accounted for, you know, went to the ag space with crop losses. So, and that was because of several hurricanes and, of course, the ongoing drought conditions that we've seen west of the Mississippi. So, yep. congratulations yep. again, Laura. You're still doing very, very good on following numbers this year. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this week's video from myself and Laura Sowinski on behalf of us and everyone at Crop Life. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again soon. If you have questions or comments about today's episode of Retail Week, contact us by email or Twitter or type your message in the comment section below. Your feedback is important to us. We will try our best to address your thoughts in next week's episode and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel.